0: So this week, I am joined by Kirsten Duke, and we're going to be talking about Australian racing. So uh, the first thing I thought we could start with is how does the system work in Australia? Is it quite a regionalised uh, thing, racing in Australia? Do you have your different power bases, as it were, like with your different states, like in maybe New South Wales, um, Victoria, Queensland, Western Australia? How, how, how does the racing work out there?
1: Um, yeah. so in New South Wales, for example, it's split up into three categories. You have country racing, provincial racing, and then metropolitan racing, which is closest um, to the city. Um, and it's, it's a higher sort of standard of horse as it comes closer into the city. That's probably the easiest way to explain it.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. In, in British racing, kind of, it's quite... A level playing field like all around in the country okay we've got our different classes and our different levels but um, so what you're saying is so some more established tracks that we might have heard of such as uh, ones that spring out of, the top of my head such as courses like Ranwick, for example um, that's where you are more bigger names your better quality racing is going to compete because i'm not not sure if i if i heard this correctly but i I think australia's got the most race courses in in the world is that something you you knew about
1: um i wouldn't be surprised if that's correct because it's it's a big country um and i guess that's also one of the beauties of Australian racing is it's a big country so there's plenty of opportunities and plenty of room for up and coming uh, people to you know make a mark in their careers which is really good.
0: And when it comes to like you you're saying it's very regionalized out there the way it works um do do you do you not have a, a a jockey's championship and a trainer's championship um that you can follow throughout the season or when i was speaking to acacia courtney when we did an american podcast she said that they only ever they don't do that kind of thing in the states they they do more maybe like your best jockey and um and trainer at the track for the season instead of like a whole like cross-country titled. Is there Southern Timra in Australia? How does it work over there?
1: Um, so it works. Um, each state is sort of in, an individual. So in New South Wales, each racetrack would also have an award for maybe the apprentice that's rode the most winners at that particular track or the senior, senior jockey that's ridden the most amount of winners at that track. But overall in New South Wales, we would have the, um, the country and provincial uh of night which would be all for country and provincial trainers and there's awards like uh again the jockey that's ridden the most winners at the provincial level or the jockey that's won ridden the most winners at country level um and the same with for apprentices trainers etc it will the, the yeah wherever they've trained them all what rode the winner um and then in the in the metropolitan area so the sydney area the tracks that you've heard of like royal randwick rose hill race course, where the, of course the golden Slippers held um they um they they have their own um awards night where there'll be awards for trainers and jockeys and that have ridden the most well
0: no that that, that, that that's understandable and some of the top names that british people might be familiar with Forgive me if I get any of these wrong. People like Hugh Bowman, um, Karen McEl- McAvoy, James McDonald. Uh, you, you're more top names that people would follow in Britain. Are they quite regionally based? Would they maybe only race in one or two states? Or because they maybe ride for more powerful owners, they're happy to go anywhere in Australia. Are, they quite, are jockeys quite regionalised, if that makes sense?
1: They mostly, base those names that you mentioned, mostly base themselves in Sydney. Um, they, they often ride to, like you said, big, powerful owners and trainers like Chris Waller or James Cummings with the Dolphin. Um, uh, but when they sort of follow the carnival as well, so when Melbourne Carnival uh, starts to kick off, um, often that they offered ride down there and they'll fly down for um, a weekend or so and then fly back up to Sydney.
0: Uh, that's that's quite interesting that that you say that so would you say that out of everywhere in australia new south wales round sydney that is like the equivalent of like new market in england if if that makes sense like that's where you're you've you've probably got the the best quality rating would you, is, is that a fair assumption to make um yeah i guess there's always
1: people that would argue against that but in new south wales yes sydney is where you get the best of the best um but in um, Victoria of course in Melbourne area they're within their own right, have some really brilliant horses. um same as Queensland same as um, over in uh, Western Australia um yeah we, we're really lucky that sort of wherever you go in Australia there is some really talented people and horses now,
0: uh, that, that, that's really really interesting um now when we talk about like we were talking about the season, obviously for jockeys and trainers, when does your actual flat season begin and when does it end? Because I believe we've got some good good races coming up this weekend at uh, ranwick uh, You've got four Group Ones. Am I right in thinking you're near the end of the season at the moment as it stands? Um, so you might laugh a little. Um, which and
1: I couldn't believe this when I came over here at first. Um, so the season uh finishes in the 31st of July and starts again on the 1st of August Oh, okay. so it is not 24 seven all year round um which is something that has of course been brought up before as to whether it's good that we don't take breaks I mean it's great for turnover and um allowing people to keep paying their staff etc because they're earning prize money but of course we've got to bring in uh, mental health and whether it's important that we have an off season as well so yeah that's something i didn't know before i came over here um but yeah so we don't even have a day of of chill before we start off through the next season
0: and, and there's no like mid-winter break at all it's full-on pretty much 365 days a year no rest like- yeah
1: yeah it, it's if we if it's not the spring carnival then it goes into the autumn carnival and uh, there's always there's always some big racing carnival going on, you know, whether there's the Everest um, or uh, you've got the championships or you've got the slipper or there's, yeah, always, always something going on, which is brilliant because it's, it's good to to be able to get so many people interested and of course have such a high demand for the sport. But um, yeah, of course, there's also the
0: argument of whether that's healthy for people's mental health, etc. No, no I, I get, I get that. And going with, um we've already kind of touched upon it with a few other points. um So your kind of system of racing out there, you have a, from what I've seen, a lot of group races, and that would vary probably from all over the different states. Is there a kind? Of, how how does it work? Your structure? Do you have would you, was that a fair assumption that you have a lot of group races and then you have a lot of handicaps or do you is that is it quite similar to british racing if that makes sense the 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 types of races you have out there
1: yeah no that's a fair assumption and um, so out in the country and the provincial areas it is mostly handicap racing uh maidens and uh, benchmark systems, and then as you come in closer to the city, um, and you have the high, slightly higher class horses running faster times, etc. Um, although we do also have uh, midweek maidens um, and benchmark systems, and on Saturdays there are a lot of stake listed group group races.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, over here in recent times, it seems that in Britain, p people have snubbed some of maybe having like our group threes and listed contests at some of the smaller tracks and say "Well, wow, really there's too many of these group enlisted races is that kind of something that, that they say in Australia if, if that makes sense people snub that the fact that maybe there's too many group races um is that something that gets questioned over there
1: um no I think people were really happy to embrace it um i think it gives everyone opportunities to place their horse in the right race um to prepare their horse if they miss if the horse has a bit of a hiccup during their training um and they miss a race that they were aiming for you know a couple of weeks later there'll be one just as good that they can enter their horse in i think it gives everyone a fair chance and a fair go at um, earning the most prize money and, um, yeah, reaching
0: peaks in their career, which is really cool. And talking more about the race courses themselves, what what kind of the race is like in Australia? Obviously, we only ever see them on the on the TV here. So unless you've been to the race courses, obviously, you wouldn't probably get an appreciation for what they're like. Are they are a lot of Australian tracks quite sharp kind of like your your classic ovals that you get in america and like compared to britain where we've got a variety of different tracks with long straights uh it, it, does australia have long straights for example or is it like i said quite twisted and quite sharp tracks
1: um they have a reputation i know a lot of european riders have come over here and it sort of takes them by surprise, especially if they're race riding, how tight the turn is into the home straight. That's something that I always, always hear and I can always appreciate when I watch them ride. Um, I think we do We do also have long straights. Brandwick um, and Rose Hill are good for that. Um, but yeah, we do also have the tracks that are quite oval shaped and pretty tight, which can make tactical riding
0: a little a little difficult <laughs> uh, and, is, and is the riding quite tactical over it would you say it kind of the different tactics like in britain for example it's we get horses that can make all we get horses that can come off the pace is that kind of uh, general a general um comment to make when it comes to australian racing that you get a variety of tactics or does it suit to maybe race in a different better in a different style in australia
1: no it varies there are some horses that like to sit off the pace others midfield and others like to lead um gay waterhouse is known for her horse being um leaders and she she has of course a huge amount of success but equally there are horses that prefer to sit off pace um i think tactic wise our races In gen generally speaking, are a lot shorter than they are in the UK. Mm. Uh, Therefore, I think it is quite hard for European jockeys to adjust. Um, I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong here. This is just assumptions that I'm making. um, And a few comments I've heard is that because the races are shorter and therefore run faster, you have less time to think about your movements. As soon as you're you've got to make a very quick decision of where you want to be mm. um, because soon enough you're coming around the bend and you can't really make as many moves without um, sort of throwing yourself out too wide etc.
0: Now I, I, I get that's interesting you say about, um, about that you've got obviously a lot more horses that probably run over shorter trips compared to, to the UK, Australian. When it comes to bloodstock, for example, they they seem to have more sprinters, and uh, you more your 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 stayer, staying horses. Um, would Would you say that that's the that's a fair assumption to to make um, with like your long distance horses? You have got like obviously they'll appear in the Melbourne Cup, but most of the program in Australia is dominated over the shorter distances
1: yeah i would completely agree with you um most of our races i mean we have for example the sydney cup this weekend and that's um over a fair distance but apart from that um we we do most of our group ones are run over for example the everest the huge race um they've just pumped up the prize money but i'm pretty sure it originally was about 3.5 million um but i'm i'm sure someone will correct me on that but that's run over 1200 meters so that's six furlongs, which isn't that far. And um, yeah, we're a few uh, English and Irish horses have come over and competed in it because it offers such brilliant opportunities and prize money. But um, yeah, every time the Australian sprinters just seem to eat up the ground. Um, whereas, like you mentioned, the Melbourne Cup run over fervor, we have got, there's lots of people from um, all over the world that come and... Mm. The English Irish Irish horses re- run a brilliant races in that. So yeah, we, I would say that, worldwide speaking, um, Australia is much better for sprinting.
0: Yeah, I, I think you can see that, and even some of the better horses that have come over to the UK, like Choisir, springs to mind. Uh, Sprinter. Um, mm-hmm. well, I think there was a horse last year came over called mm-hmm. Red Red Kirk Warrior. If um, I can't remember if that's his name, but you you sometimes see. Yeah. Yeah, you sometimes see in the, in the UK, the, the Australians might send the odd sprinter up to some of our uh, meetings such as Royal Ascot, and then they might go to the Newmarket uh, s- uh, Sprint Cup. When we, we already mentioned it already, there's uh, British and Irish. Uh, horses and jockeys and trains come down. Is there a bit of rivalry between the Australians and and the British and the Irish? Is or do they do they admire the the Brits coming down and trying to take a bit of their prize money? Is there some banter and some rivalry? Ah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I think the only rivalry is very healthy. I think it's good that um they're able to travel um and still get support, and it's good healthy competition. You know, it's the english and irish keep the aussie boys on their toes and the same when they go over for royal ascot um i think it's brilliant that the prize money out here can attract people to come from all over the world and i think it's brilliant that prestige that the prestige of places like royal ascot can attract jockeys from all over the world i just think it's brilliant that It
0: brings everyone together and a bit of healthy competition never hurt anyone. No, uh, we always, it's been like when, there's always going to be English and Australian banter, especially obviously with the cricket, the rugby, and it's great as well that it can happen in the race. And I remember um, when Winx obviously was winning all those races a couple of years ago, uh, one of our leading pundits in the UK, he's a bit of a Marmite character, Matt Chapman. Uh, I think he was in the Australian <laughs> racing media. Um, he was saying that Winx, if he if she came over here, she she would get absolutely destroyed, and uh, and that and that all the European, if a fairly good European horse was to go down to Australia. Winks will get put in a place, so it's 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 good to see that rivalry. One um name, I'm not sure if you followed yeah. him too much, that I will mention. Um, that a lot of our British listeners would be familiar with is Tom Marquand, and he's been down in uh, yeah. down in Australia throughout the winter. uh ridden a few uh big winners out, uh, down there. He's been riding for William Haggis. William Haggis, British trainer, sent uh, Adieb, uh, down there, um, I'm not sure if he's running at the weekend. Maybe, maybe I, um, I haven't seen that. But um, yeah, what what's the reaction to Tom Marquand been like down in Australia? Do they really like him down there?
1: Ah, oh, they they love him. He's a brilliant rider, extremely strong in the finish, um, and an all-round gentleman. Um, and I think everyone, of course, appreciates and welcomes that. Um, yeah, it's so exciting that William Haggis has his horses over here. They're both running this weekend, Berdeus, as you um, mentioned, and Young Rascal, I believe. Yeah. And I think they're, they've been tipped by some Aussie tipsters. So I think everyone's very excited to have, um, some international, you know, uh, runners in the race. It adds a little bit more depth. And uh, of course we've only, we've seen Tom ride his first group one out here, which is so exciting. It's a huge part of anyone's career um yeah he's got the nickname now
0: as Aussie Tom because we don't want to let him go brilliant <laughs> no I've, I've, well a lot of people unfortunately because of the coronavirus has caused the lockdown here and we don't know when we're going to resume racing I was actually kind of thinking he might have a shout as being our our champion jockey and given O'Sean Murphy, who's our current champion jockey a real run for his money because Tom I, I'm not sure if you followed his career in England but Last season was a real breakthrough year for him. I think he rode more than 100 winners. And he, would go, and he was the kind of jockey as well that would be willing to go to your smaller venues and he would rack up doubles, trebles. He, he really was one of those riders that you could tell if he got a, got a good job that he would flourish. And it seems that he's found his forte. I hope uh, for listeners listening to this podcast, we've, um, we've uh, whetted your appetite to get up early in the UK time. Or if you're listening to this in Australia... You probably think we've been a bit daft maybe, but um, we've persuaded you to uh, <laughs> to uh, to watch the racing uh, tomorrow. And, and if you're new to Australian racing, I would definitely uh, recommend it. But uh, thanks for your time, Kirsten. Really appreciate um, you giving up your time to just explain to the audience, if those not familiar with Australian racing, just a few of the basics and a bit more knowledge to uh, put in the memory bank, as it were. But yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. And there'll be more podcasts uh, to come uh soon <laughs>